I'm Bill Osmolsky with the McIver Institute, and this is the McIver Newsmakers Podcast. We're joined today by Congressman Scott Fitzgerald, uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about some election reform. We've had a lot of issues here in Wisconsin that we've reported on at the McIver Institute. One of the most prominent ones is the situation up in Green Bay involving the election, where uh, Facebook uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg donated a bunch of money to a nonprofit, which in turn had a lot of influence in the election up there. So, Congressman, could you uh, just talk a little bit about what brought this uh, issue to your attention and uh, what prompted you to do something, you know, uh, what prompted you uh, to uh, introduce this bill? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll just tell you, I mean, one of the things that I'm hearing back in the congressional district on a regular basis is still... Uh, constituents that are very much concerned about our elections and the security level on elections and whether or not uh, there is going to be any changes prior to the next uh, real, really statewide election more than anything. And I keep telling people, I said, listen, I, you know, if you go back even to the April elections in the spring, they were directly affected by the pandemic as well as August primaries. And then the November election was, I think, uh, significantly impacted by decisions that were made at the local level by clerks to either skirt the law, um, to uh, maybe reinterpret statute, or in some cases, even the Elections Commission in Wisconsin, which kind of looked the other way as changes were made. I think uh, many people remember the um, the video that was shot in Milwaukee and in Madison, and then ultimately in the Fox Valley that showed lines and lines of uh, long lines of people waiting to vote because clerks at the local level and, and those that they answer to, some, you know, whether it's a mayor or a village president or a town chair, decided on their own to unilaterally just eliminate polling locations uh, under the auspices of COVID. So, you know, what we're trying to do is address this. I know the Wisconsin legislature has uh, passed some legislation that has been uh, vetoed by the governor. No surprise. They are very much comfortable in this environment of uh, manipulating the elections under the pandemic. But when it comes to, uh, you know, some of the changes, I think, at the federal level, I have uh, a colleague uh, that I've gotten to know uh, very quickly because of uh, us working together on a number of things related to elections, and that's uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from New York. And uh, she saw similar issues to what I saw, which was the impact and the influence that outside private dollars were having on our elections. Uh, and, uh, you know, they saw it in New York, and, and obviously we saw a, a similar kind of move in Wisconsin uh, specifically. Uh, identified, again, up in the Fox Valley and in uh, the city of Green Bay. So uh, I'm sure, one, you know, one of the concerns here in Wisconsin is, uh, you know, we do have a lot of state laws that cover elections, and it seems like a lot of these clerks and, uh, or in the case of Green Bay, uh, higher officials, uh, pretty much blew off those state laws. Um, how, do, how does uh, a change in federal law, you know, what, what, is a change, what does a federal law bring to the table that a state law uh, can't in terms of enforcement? Well, I, the, the most important thing, I think, that distinguishes the two is that uh, if you're going to have something that's going to be interstate, uh, certainly what you need to do is address it only related to federal elections. 
Uh, and, and in some instances, you know, obviously the only one that could be affected directly by that is a, is a presidential. So, uh, you know, we're not trying to centralize anything. We're not trying to say D.C.'s got a better pathway on this. Uh, what what uh, Congresswoman Tenney and I have been talking about is, are there things that we can do that could supersede uh, related to federal elections that would make some sense. We're not trying to step into, you know, what clearly is the purview of the Wisconsin legislature or in her instance, the New York legislature. So, uh, I, you know, I think we've come up with some ideas. It, it's clear that, you know, what happened in Green Bay was, uh, you know, here's a huge sum of money. Uh, we're going to, again, kind of use a different cover, kind of a shell game that was going on to say, oh, it's all about COVID. It's all about uh, making sure that uh, election workers had PPE. But, you know, what we know literally happened in Green Bay is the mayor told the clerk to take a break. This is not your deal. This is my deal. We are going to run the elections the way I want to run them at this point. And we're going to count ballots the way we want to. So serious stuff. I mean, uh, absolutely had an impact on what happened in November. Yeah. So uh, I guess what I was getting at was, I mean, you could have someone like, you know, for example, the mayor of Green Bay, who pretty much says, yeah, I'm not going to follow the state election laws. And uh, so what are you going to do about it? Seems like uh, this law kind of gets around that problem by uh, cutting it off at the source. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's... Um, it's like the bigger discussion that's actually going on in and around uh, what happened in November and, and the certification process related to the presidential. Uh, and we can debate that all day as to whether or not the system currently in place is valid. You know, I still have big concerns about, uh, you know, a, a member of Congress certifying an election from a state they've never been to have no knowledge of their election law, have no knowledge of how the elections are administered in that state. Uh, it's an antiquated system that, that needs to be revisited at some point. And, you know, I think there's other members that, that view it that way as well. Yeah, and, you know, another thing about what we saw in Green Bay was, I mean, we, I mean, comp uh, corporations, nonprofits, I mean, uh, participating in campaigns, I mean, that is nothing new. Um, in this situation, we had a a nonprofit that was, you know, giving money directly to a government for its election operations. I mean, how does that kind of change the game? And, you know, why is that dangerous? Yeah, I mean, we know the communities, Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, Kenosha and Racine received a total of eight million dollars in November. I mean, the idea that a private source, whether it's Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, uh, Priscilla Chan, or if it's somebody else, uh, moving dollars through a private sector entity into a system where, quite honestly, all the safeguards are put in place based on governmental statute and rule made by the uh, Elections Commission, uh, that you, you would never allow that. You wouldn't allow that in another, any other area of government unless uh, certainly elected officials were involved in those decisions. And that was not the case here. I mean, these were... This was done under the cover of of COVID. Now it's interesting, you know. I I, I put up the uh, the House resolution on this, and it's about um, a total of about a page of uh, of text of change. So I mean, 
Uh, it's interesting just what a, you know, how little you need to, to change the existing laws, you know, to, to, um, to fix this problem. Yeah, and, and one of my former colleagues, Roger Roth, uh, you know, what he he basically released a report that showed that there was a coordinated effort between uh, Mayor Eric Gingrich and and uh, his chief of staff uh, to absolutely have an impact on that election in Green Bay. So, I mean, there's, there, you know, we're not just talking from a 30,000-foot level. I mean, it's there. It's It happened, and, uh, you know, they have not, answered for uh, the changes they make yeah and so now um in terms of uh get push getting this resolution through the house i mean what kind of uh what kind of reaction have you got in both positive and negative from your colleagues oh i think people understand it's a serious issue that's not going to go away and as we see uh you know and have discussions actually about some of the corporations that uh, have kind of loose ties to media. Uh, so, you know, when you're talking about Facebook or certainly Twitter or, you know, the larger discussion that's going on nationwide about what what are the responsibilities or are there any responsibilities under current federal statute, um, you know, it it's uh, that's that's not going away anytime soon. I mean, You've, you've heard the discussions about Section 230 and whether or not they should be held to the same responsible levels as traditional journalism. So it's, you know, that's going to continue. And, and I would say probably even heat up more as we get closer to the next election cycle with the idea that Republicans uh, have a real opportunity to uh, regain the majority in the House. How are you doing on uh, co-signers on this bill? I, I, I be, honestly, I'd be surprised. Do you have any Democrats, first of all, and how many Republicans have you gotten? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where we ended up off the top of my head, but, you know, there was uh, Claudia Tenney made a real effort to kind of, you know, relay this to uh, the full conference. And uh, there, there's a lot of support for it. You know, it's, um, it's certainly something the Democrats will look the other way on. Uh, as they continue to be supported by, uh, you know, whether it's Facebook or Google or Twitter. Uh, so, it, it, you know, there's that there's that angle on this story as well. Yeah, so I guess as soon as a uh, conservative nonprofit uh, gets involved in a uh, conservative community's election, you know, maybe uh, maybe they'll get a little bit more interest in this. Right now, it's uh, it seems to be benefiting them a little bit. So. Um, yeah, and I mean a big a big part of it is transparency as well. You know, we're we're trying to to get them to, you know, disclose when when they're actually moving these dollars around within our election system, and you know what is the motivation and who's responsible and who's getting the money. I mean, you know, that's the kind of transparency that certainly isn't going to be gained as long as you've got this type of, you know, what I would consider at at a minimum a very shady deal now now you and some of your colleagues sent a letter to um this nonprofit that mark zuckerberg founded specifically for this purpose um did you get any response from them on um you know about any of your questions no we didn't get anything back not surprised uh i don't think you're going to get a response they they i think quite honestly they've been caught kind of with uh, this whole thing being finally exposed. And it's not just obviously in our state, but 
but across the nation in many other forms. So no, you're not you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna get a response from. I don't see it. Okay. Um, now, do you do you anticipate this bill getting a hearing? I mean, to be you know, you know, to be frank with with Democrats in charge. You know, I don't um, because we don't control things right now in the House. Uh, it, it does put some of their members, I think, in a difficult position in some of these more moderate districts. So, and you know, as we sit here today, the Democrats have a three-seat majority. So some of these issues that otherwise could be completely dismissed, uh, you know, is starting to uh, turn up the heat on some of these Democrats. And so it, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad we're out there now and kind of having this discussion. I mean, just airing it out and having it available to the public, I think, you know, makes uh, some people, you would think, would make some people, actors in this whole scam, a little nervous about just, uh, you know, doing it the same way they did it last time. Doesn't mean they won't, <laughs> just means, you know, that it's been exposed. And, and I think, uh, you know, that's certainly a step in the right direction. Yeah, it definitely puts them on notice. Um, now, you are a member of the Election Integrity Caucus. You know, before we go, could you tell us a little bit about um, about the work that, that you guys are doing, some of the conversations that you're having on, on other issues uh, involving this topic? Yeah, again, uh, Congresswoman Tenney and Congressman Garcia, Mike Garcia from California, uh, they kind of uh, went around to members who were directly impacted by this skirting of the law in this last election. Uh, and uh, and asked if we would join them uh, to kind of tackle a number of different issues related to election law at the federal level and then see kind of what dovetails into state law, state statutes as well. So uh, it's, um, I, you know, I, I think it's something, again, it's going to it's going to uh, put some sunlight on kind of what's been going on over the last year with elections related to, uh, you know, the pandemic stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got a mountain of material, I'm sure, to, to go through on this. I mean, just covering this issue in Wisconsin, the election area, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot that uh, there's a lot to look at, a lot to uh, organize. So, I mean, th- this seems like a really um, this would be a really productive first step that really directly gets at one of the biggest problems we had in this election. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, some of these uh, these are tax exempt organizations too. So, you know, it's not just that they're moving these dollars into our elections, but they're also doing it uh, with the idea that somehow they're good government which you know how ironic is that um that they uh they adopt titles and uh certainly work on policy that does just the opposite of what you uh, would think a a group with um kind of these very very broad stroke kind of goals uh try and articulate so no it's again it's something that um we need to to shed more sunlight on and and uh and get these shadowy groups, uh, you know, in a place where we can scrutinize them. Uh, Congressman, I know you're really busy, but before before I let you go, I, I have to, uh, I'll give you the, the opportunity here uh, while I've got you here. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up while, while you're here on the MacIver Newsmakers podcast? I, you know, I, I just think that this is at the forefront of a lot of my constituents' minds when I'm at a county fair now and now that we're kind of out there in public and doing some of these things or the parades, 
this is one of the biggest issues that you will hear about is especially from Republicans who are maybe uh, feeling like, you know, what's the use of voting if we know it's going to be stolen anyways? I don't know how many times I've heard that. So I can't think of an issue that's more important than this. And it's basically to just restore integrity and restore people's confidence that elections in Wisconsin and then ultimately nationwide in these presidentials, uh, you know, are going to be legit. That's it, it. And if the Democrats don't see that, if they don't understand what's at stake here, shame on them because they may think they're getting a short-term political gain, but the fact of the matter is it's undermining our entire system. No, well put. Um, thank you so much for, for being with us on today's McIver Newsmakers podcast. Congressman, it's always a pleasure. Great to be with you. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us on this McIver Newsmakers podcast. We are joined by Congressman Scott Fitzgerald talking about election integrity issues and how Republicans in the in, uh, Congress are trying to address them. For the McIver Institute, I'm Bill Osmolsky.